Welcome back, everyone, to episode 30 of the Mind Up Business Podcast presented by Bennett Creative Media. I am your host, Easton Bennett, and today we are chatting with Jamie Swenson. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hi, Bennett. Uh, so, lost my mic here. We're having mic issues already from the beginning. Here we go. Okay, we're back into it. Uh, so, we're going to get right into the questions like we do always. Uh, so, what exactly, we're talking about the Trinity Health Foundation. What exactly is the Trinity Health Foundation? Um, the Trinity Health Foundation was founded in 1922 when the first Trinity Health Hospital was being built. And uh, it was to help raise funds for the first hospital. The first hospital is only $65,000 to build. Really? Yes. <laughs> wow. And now we're, and now we're looking at the new hospital, we're, which is what, like um, half a billion dollars. With, or something yes. Like with inflation, we're now at 561 million. Okay. So, but there's, there's a few advancements, you know, yep. it's a little different, but between the hundred years of building hospitals, we um, have other programs that we help. Basically, if it helps um, with health and wellness in our region, we're about at the okay. foundation. So, um, and our region is what Trinity serves, which is mm-hmm. 20 counties in North Dakota and five in Montana. Okay. I didn't even know they, uh, went all the way over to Montana. Okay. Yep, yep. So that's news to me. So Jamie, then what exactly is your job at the foundation? Um, I am the development officer at the foundation and I, um, help create awareness about the foundation, promote our programs, and also um, help raise funds. So this is an exciting episode because last week we had on Mindy. She's the president and CEO of Aspire Credit Union. And a lot of the times these episodes are with business owners or people that are starting a business. And it's fun to get into conversations with people that aren't necessarily business owners, but they're in the business world. So then we have both perspectives. So I'm excited to keep that theme going this week. So when, when did you start at Trinity? Um, I have worked with nonprofits for many years, but I started with Trinity in 2019. Okay. And I did a little bit of research on you before this. So you were a marketing specialist at a different company before this. What did the transition period look like from going from that old position to now you're working for the foundation? Well, um, to really back it up, um, over 10 years ago, I worked for the Greater Minot Zoological Society for the Roosevelt Park Zoo. Okay. I worked for them for a good five years, took some time off to start a family And then I thought I wanted to still do marketing, but be more in the business end. And I did take a job with um, a local media station and that, that was a good experience. The zoo invited me back to be on a cabinet of theirs when they were working on the big cat exhibits, the new ones, the new lion and tiger exhibit. Yep. And which are awesome. Yes. Yes. And I, I realized I really missed the nonprofit world. Mm -hmm. It was gnawing at me. So, um, I started looking and, um, met up with some people from Trinity and this came about. Okay. So the nonprofit world, let's get into that a little bit down the road. Did you always know that you were business minded, business oriented, marketing mind, or when did you kind of know you wanted to go into that field? I always knew it was business for me. That's what I wanted to do. I was pretty much raised in my dad's law office and okay. my mom was an executive. So it was yeah. Like my chores after school was to make sure, okay, this dating me, make sure there's enough paper in the fax machine. Cause boy, yep. mom didn't get her reports when she got home. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's always kind of ran in the family yeah. a little bit. Then. Yeah. Like it wasn't like clean or cook. It was, you know, make sure yeah. the equipment's running, um, answer phones when dad had court. It was, I was probably doing things. Okay. <laughs> that yeah. Were maybe a little mature for me, but like, yeah. I knew how to make a will when I was 10. I knew basic questions to ask someone to write up a will. There you go. Um, the nonprofit thing snuck up on me. The zoo was supposed to just be a fun job. Okay. And it just, I like event planning. I like marketing and it's just two worlds at me. It, it's yeah. a business, but it's, you're doing it for a good cause. So it's feels good for the soul. And yeah. 
So as far as, so you've had a few different positions, like you said, uh, what does the transitioning look like? I know that's one topic where kids coming up nowadays that are either graduating high school or college. A lot of people say, if you have too many jobs on your resume, it looks bad, whatever that might be. What would be your advice for people that are, you know, switching maybe to a new position, how that can advance their career? Well, you know, it's not as common to stay somewhere 24 years. And if you can, and it works out that way, great. But for me, it was life circumstances. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I like the places I was at. I would have been happy to stay at them, but it's just life. You know, I, I had family needs, different needs in my life. Um, but just know you don't always have to stay somewhere. You know, there's a season for everything and maybe your time, that was a good time for you and the company. And maybe there's somewhere else that could use your, your talents. Just know that you have options. Do you think there's a, you know, a stereotype about switching positions that it should be more, I don't know if it's frowned upon, but do you think people should actively find not that they need to leave these positions, but you know, if something better comes up that maybe that is the right move. You know, it just depends on the circumstance. I mean, it's one thing to switch positions, you know, like, like I have, it hasn't been a lot, but it's just been, or to me, it doesn't seem like a lot. You know, it's one thing to jo jump every three to six months. I don't know if you're really making a difference somewhere, you yeah. know, because it really takes so many months to get acclimated and used to a new position and be able to implement things. Yeah. But, um, so I just, I think it depends on the field and, and what you're doing, but yeah. just be open to new experiences and different things. I, I was tickled when this came along. I, cause this was a new position. They had just received funding for it and yeah. it, it was a lot of thought, but, um, and the media company I worked for, you know, it was hard to say goodbye, but mm -hmm. they got it. They, I think they saw when I was going to cabinet meetings and the clients I had, the nonprofits I was really excited about. I mean, yeah, it was were, kind of just a good fit. They were very supportive and they said, we know this is where your heart is. So yeah. it was all good terms and they've helped me in my new position. So it's really about relationships and relationship building, which is awesome. And we're going to get into, there we go. <laughs> I don't know what the issue with this is, uh, which is awesome. We're going to get into relationships a little bit down the road. So what is your mindset like when, obviously, when you get a new position, you know, going from the media company to now Trinity, you're going to have different responsibilities. Things are going to look a little bit different. What is your mindset or what would you say your mindset should be like going into a new role, new responsibilities? I would say, you know, be open-minded, be aware, you know, realize just because it was, you know, you did it this way at one place, mm -hmm. there's a new culture where you're at really try to acclimate to a new culture. Um, what's great about going into marketing, you know, gosh, you can work anywhere. You can work at a zoo. You can work at a media company. You can work at the hospital. Everybody needs marketing, right? Right. You could work for the government. Um, but that was a big learning. Well, the zoo was a big learning curve because I was sitting in meetings with zookeepers and veterinarians. And as a joke, once they put, when I was fairly new, they left a message on my desk saying I needed to call a Scarlet Ibis at another zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll so, do it. um, yeah, but then moving into a hospital, I didn't realize this. I acclimated, got used to the terms that then we had someone else new to our team. Okay. And I didn't realize all the jargon and mm -hmm. short terms. And she's like, okay, could you back that up? And I'm like, oh gosh, I'm a hospital person now. Yeah. I better. You're like, you're going to have to explain things to me like I'm five because whatever you're saying like, right well, now, it's a little on, bit. I don't know. So we've yeah. even noticed that when we've given some tours of the new hospital, we'll okay. be like, this is the PACU. This is the KDU. This is. Mm -hmm. and, and people are like, uh, what and is that these mean? are intelligent business leaders and leaders aren't tuning like, okay, can you remind me what that yeah. is? Yeah, there is. Yeah. And there, that's, that's kind of cool that there is a transition, every industry and thing you're talking, mm -hmm. even, you know, the film and video industry. 
there's so many things that I'll say like, oh, grab me this thing. And people look at me like I have three heads. And I'm like, okay, yeah, they don't really understand that. But every industry has their own jargon, which is kind of cool. So you said your job title, uh, development officer. What exactly does that role entail? What does your day-to-day look like? Oh gosh, every day is different. Um, and it just depends. Like COVID kind of threw us off for a while. We really had to shift gears. But a development officer really should be I think people mistake it for a sales position. It's mm-hmm. it's not. You are building relationships, creating awareness, getting the word out there to say what your organization does. On the other end, yes, you sh- you should be helping with fundraising. But if you're doing the first part, the fundraising will come. Mm-hmm. You will help create awareness, help people know what you're doing, and they'll want to get involved. Okay. So it's more marketing than sales. Right. Yeah, it's more marketing, more cause. Cause yep. marketing, is that the right word? Yeah. Okay. So... When you're going into the marketing field, what did you, what do you enjoy about the marketing side of things? And I know it's more, like you said, cause marketing, but what do you enjoy about, you know, going out there, building those relationships? Well, when I picked that as a major, I really thought it was going to be business meetings and reports. And I mean, there is that you do have to look at numbers and be yeah. responsible and make sure your efforts are going where you are. Mm-hmm. But, um, what I really enjoy about it, it's business, but you still get to be creative. You yeah. still you know, we've made videos for the foundation, mm-hmm. but we need them. It's not like, Ooh, fun. We get to make a video today. Yeah. It's you, you can be creative. Um, even with graphics or things you put out there or brochures, um, social media posts. So yeah. would you say that's your favorite part is the creative side of things? Yes. You get to really express yourself. And even with an event last year, we had our first gala Okay. and the theme was, um, back to the roaring twenties. Cause it was our hundredth anniversary. Okay, that's Boy, awesome. We had so much fun with that, but the gala was a huge success. And the comments we got was because it was interesting. We we made it an atmosphere. We instead of just a generic wear your dress. Come to the go, banquet, yeah. here's some chicken. Yeah. Like we had a special before and after party. Okay. And it was um we called it a speakeasy mm-hmm. because it the VIP lounge speakeasy because it was the twenties. Yeah, and, which yeah. is perfect. And there was something special to go in there. We had special entertainment and got a little gift and the food okay. was a little nicer in there. But it, it also added 40% to each ticket sell. Mm-hmm. If you bought that, it was an additional. Okay. So, yeah. you know, you can, the two can marry. It's kind of an art. Yeah. But again, if you like what you're doing and get to express yourself, it can really become an art. And that's, what's super exciting about marketing. That's kind of why I went into it. I'm in more of the creative side of things, but if you're just doing the marketing where it's, you know, very mundane, the standard marketing, then it can kind of get repetitive and boring. But if you are doing fun things like that, that's when uh, things can get exciting. So what does it take to be skilled at marketing in your head? You know, what are some things you've learned over the years that you maybe didn't know when you started? Well, marketing is different for everyone where I would say marketing, um, really experienced. Now I don't want to discourage anyone who's new to it. Mm -hmm. You don't realize how much marketing is out there or even how much marketing you do personally. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, even if it's just a family barbecue and you're like, I really want to have it at my place. I want to encourage people to, you know, do this. Um, but experience and just because it's not say a paid position or paid job, it's an opportunity to get out in the community, volunteer, get in mm-hmm. groups. You'd be surprised how often you can, you can use it. Or even if you have a friend that has a startup or starting a new career, yeah, help them with their headshot, help them with their social media post, just jump in. There's so many aspects of marketing too. I think that's, what's cool. Like you mentioned, you know, there's the graphic design, there's the video, there's the photo, then there's running paid advertising, then there's events. It's kind of cool that there are those all encompassing, uh, routes. Is there one specific one that you kind of wanted to go into? You know, I was really fascinated by media, which surprised where I had, like paid media. Yeah. Okay. Which really surprised people when I was in it there. 
not to anything against paid media. I was more yeah. like, I want to put campaigns together and I want to sell or work for an ad agency. Yep. And all my instructors and anyone I worked with, they're like, you need to be on the creative end. Like they're like, you can sell it, but your ideas are okay. really. Which is kind of cool yeah. that, that there's a transition where you think you're going into one thing and then they kind of point you in the direction of like, Hey, this is more your personality. Uh, so was, I want to transition a little bit into the team. Now you guys have a pretty tight knit team there at the foundation. What's it like working with a smaller team to run uh, the foundation? You know, it, it's been a challenge recently. We, we were able to add one more person, which we would love to add even more, but we yep. are so grateful to have our, an, another development officer who's going to be the marketing officer there too. So I can focus more on development and, um, and the rest of us can focus more on development. Yep. But having a tight knit team, there's benefits to it. I mean, we work close together. We know what the other one's doing. We can, if you need help with something or someone to fill in, they, yep. they know what's going on that they can pretty much fill in depending on what it is. I think it's important to, not important to have a small team, but it is nice when you have a small team because it almost feels like a family. Do you guys feel like that when you're working together, that it almost feels like a small family instead of a huge corporation of a hundred people running this thing? Yeah. It's not faceless or I don't know when I have worked for other corporations. Um, I guess that's go, goes back to the nonprofits. Nonprofits mm -hmm. are notoriously understaffed and, um, What's strange is that's another thing I miss about the zoo. I still talk to a lot of my former coworkers. They've become like family. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you work for a nonprofit, the teamwork, they, you bring out the best in each other where maybe if you're for a larger corporation, it's nameless, it's faceless. You're, yep. you're emailing Chicago or the, very transactional. Yeah. The Minneapolis office wants to know about this. They want yep. this number. They want that. They, they don't know the blood, sweat, and tears that went behind it mm -hmm. or the circumstances. So do you have any tips and tricks for working with the team then? How, with the smaller team, do you make things run a little bit more effectively? Well, you know, I never looked at that way, but you're probably right with that because everyone knows their role. And, you know, it's like the old saying, if you want something done, get, get a busy person to do it. Yep. I think, I think it's, you see what everyone else is doing. So you step mm -hmm. it up too. Okay. So productivity wise then. How do you optimize your day-to-day -day routine, make sure, you know, things are getting done when they need to be and staying productive on the day-to-day -day basis? You specifically. Me. Oh gosh. You know, and that's a challenge because every day can be different. There could be days that I have like four or five donor visits and other days I don't. Yep. And it can't be like, well, I only see donors on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You know, you go yep. when they, they can, or if you're have a lot of speaking engagements. So I try to look at my week day-to-day -day or and, you know, you have to block out, okay, for like creative, I, I need to meet with my, my gala committee, or I said to the gala committee, I was going to design this or, well, we okay. were the graphic artists at Trendy, but yep. you know, like you block out times for me, I have to block times. Okay. I need to talk to more. I need to call. Time blocking. Okay. I need to call and talk to more donors this week. Where am I free? It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I've got Tuesday afternoon and Thursday morning. And I schedule it. I put it okay. in my schedule. I am calling. And if I'm really organized, I even write a list. <laughs> there you go. And that's one thing that I've tried to implement is time blocking versus a to-do list. Some works better for other people. I like to time block and put, okay, this hour, I have to do this. The next two hours, I have to edit this video. Then after that, we're recording podcasts where I feel like if sometimes you just have a the list. to-do list is endless. But yeah. if you have like, where can I, I feel like you're putting it somewhere that it's, you're more likely to get it done. Yep. Yep. And I, I totally agree with you. So as far as donor goes, uh, these donor calls that you're having, maybe give us a little inside look. What does that look like? So are you calling these donors and saying, Hey, this is what we're raising money for. What does that look like? Well, it's a lot of interaction with donors and that's also really key when you work for any nonprofit, they need to be kept aware of what you're, you're doing. 
And you want a donation to be, and for the donor to be a good experience. You don't want it to be, you just said transaction. You yep. want it to be transformational, not mm-hmm. transactional. So whether it's a $10 gift or a $10,000 gift, they need to know the impact and what it means. Uh, and we do some kind of old school stuff, but I've had even young people say to me, I got a handwritten thank you note from you. That was yeah. so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they'll see you somewhere two people months like later. People like appreciated. Right. And they'll say, that wasn't a really big gift I gave. I'm like, actually it was, it, yeah. it is impactful. So when we reach out to donors, it's a lot of people. We're not cold calling. It's people that have donated to us, have an interest. Mm-hmm. Um, we also work with our vendors because they want to know what's going on, okay. especially with the new hospital and how they can help. Yeah. And, um, the gala, a lot of them love coming to this gala. They're like, yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, like, What's next year's theme going to be? <laughs> yes. And then, um, it's just reaching out and also reaching out to area businesses. Um, mm-hmm. I had a longer meeting with an area business today and they are just ecstatic about the new hospital. They think it's great. They love the part of town it's going to. Yeah. Um, but then you get into the passion of it. The person I met with, um, today, she's had a lot of family that's needed the hospital. Okay. So she sees and recognizes like how impactful it's going to be the benefit. Yeah. Which is awesome. Okay. So before we talk any more about, uh, any more questions, we're going to hear from this week's sponsor again, Midco business is your business moving up and to the right. Put Midco's business technology to work for you. So you never have a slow day at the office from premium internet and phone plans to custom private networking and advertising. They have a solution for every type of business, large or small. Get paired with an account representative to create your suite of services and make the switch with ease with dedicated business client fulfillment and support teams. No data caps, flexible contracts with month-to-month or long-term options, built-in DDoS protection, and more. Explore services and request a free consultation at midco.com slash business today. Midco, thank you again for sponsoring this episode. I'm a Midco user myself, and uh, I've loved it ever since I've had it. I have the fastest internet you can get, and really, I've been uh, super pleased with all of these files that I have to transfer for video production, uh, even the podcast clips, all of that stuff. So thank you again, Midco, for sponsoring today's episode. And uh, Jamie, we're going to get back into the questions here now. Uh, I want to pivot a little bit into the fundraising side of things. Uh, That's super important for nonprofits is fundraising. So did you have any experience with fundraising before you came to the foundation? I assume yes, because you were at a previous nonprofit, but let's talk about maybe the beginning when you didn't have any experience. What was that like learning the world of fundraising? Well, you know, before I probably had the same attitude everyone else had, mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't have to ask for money. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell people where you've got to change your mindset. Like this is an important cause. And I was surprised because there's a collegiate DECA program at Minot State when I was there. And they were saying, we need you to raise money for your trip. I'm like, I'll just pay for my trip. I'm not going to go ask people for money. (laughs) I don't want to ask anyone. And I remember the instructor telling me, she's like, you're going in marketing. What do you think? Why do you think people market? And you have the aha moment and you feel really stupid. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, just explain to people, this is for school. You want to go on this trip, you know, how it benefits us, what we need, a future business leader. And I was like, oh, so once you, once I changed that mindset, I went out there and I ended up raising the most money in the club. Yeah. Not to toot my own horn, but <laughs> really nice I went in the there. there. Yeah. Well, at the time I was like, oh, gosh, I hope this is enough. I had mm-hmm. such a bad attitude. I got a late start. So I was feeling yeah. not great about, about it. Okay. Got to the meeting. I'm like, okay. And then everyone's like, well, I, I got this. And I talked to this person and then I realized I'm like, oh my gosh, I raised the most money. Yeah, <laughs> so like, I'm like, oh, okay. I did pretty good. Maybe there's something to this. Yeah. So and that is one thing when people go into business, I know when I went into business, even telling people my prices, 
it's like, oh, I was terrified. I was like, oh my gosh, why would, why should I ask this person for money? I'm like, okay, well, if you change your mindset, like you said, into that you really, and you kind of have to believe in your product or service or whatever you're putting it towards, uh, that the money is going to a good cause and that it's going to be beneficial for both sides. So, uh, I totally agree with you on that. Ed. What are some events or things you and the foundation, uh, the team are doing to raise capital and fundraise? Well, and I just want to skip back to that question. Yes. Also yep. the thing about fundraising is at the foundation, we may be raising funds, but we also give out a lot of funds too. Mm-hmm. So there, there's that twofold. I'm like, if we're not doing this part, we can't help with our other programs. Yep. So sorry. What was the this new question? The, uh, <laughs> no, that's good. I'm glad you added that. Uh, some events or things that you are doing to raise capital. I know you talked about, uh, the gala and you know, what are some other things and events that you guys um, might be doing? Well, we, um, twice blessed, um, took us on for our chapel and that has gone really well. So we're very thankful for that. Um, that's the St. Joseph's foundations twice blessed. Um, the gala that is, it used to just be like the physician's dinner and th- they, came to the foundation a few years ago and said, why don't we make this a fundraiser? Okay. Why don't we open this to public? We see each other every day. Yeah. Let's open up to other levels of providers at the hospital. And we did that this year and it went over. We knew it would do well, but first year you still don't know what you're getting. Yep. And we were pleasantly surprised. Okay. Um, and then, you know, there's smaller things we do like, um, and in staff one we do is fundraiser Fridays. We've had area businesses donate, um, different items to us that we can bid on and you bid $10 on it. And okay. then Monday we, and you can bid as many times as you want. Like HR donated a PTO day one day. Okay. So paid time off day Yep. an extra day off. So you spent 10, $20 and people loved it. Yeah. And then you pull, pull the name. We were only going to do that for last winter, kind of like a get through the winter blues, see how that goes. New yep. fundraiser. Um, staff started calling us cause we're like, well, we don't want to keep asking our people, too stuff, much, yeah. you know, they know we're here <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and there's other opportunities, but they're like, where's fundraiser Friday? We, we what are we bidding on today? Like, yeah. They it's love, almost like a game to Yes. It, it was like the, the QVC, like what, yeah. what's the special today? Um, we have a text to give option where you could, um, text to give to us. We started that this last year. We mm-hmm. also have a roundup program where, um, you know, when you go to stores, they're like, would you like to round up yep. to this thing in Chicago or Minneapolis. Yeah. Well, you could do one right for the Trinity Health Foundation. And here's the really fun part. You can cap it. You can say, I only want to do 20, $40 a month. Yeah. And then it stops. Okay. So that's a really good one we've really liked. And then there's smaller ones. Like we have, um, we sold some logo wear this year for our hundredth anniversary. Okay. And then right now we also have the Trinity cookbook. We did a centennial cookbook and it's not just recipes. They're really fun recipes, but the history in it. There's lots of pictures and timelines yeah. and even some pictures I haven't seen yet. I'm like, Oh, that's surprise for everybody. Yes. <laughs> no, that's cool. And there's a lot of creative ways you went on that. So would you have any tips for anyone listening? Maybe they just started a position at a nonprofit and they're trying to figure out some tips on how they can raise money or come up with creative ideas. Do you have any advice for those people? Well, know your story, know what you do, get out there and help with it. Really know why it matters. And you need to be passionate about it. If you know, you're not an animal lover. You probably shouldn't work for a nonprofit. Yeah. That for animals. Yeah. Don't work at the zoo. Right. If you, if kids aren't your thing, I don't know if you should be at a nonprofit that's helping kids. <laughs> yeah. So, you might so, sabotage the company on right, purpose. You, it, you've got to have a, you know, a passion for it, but really get to know, get to know the story, get to know the people that are in the field and what they're doing. Okay. Hear those stories. So when you're, you're out there talking, you need to build that trust with people, they need to know that you care and what it's about. And people can see through you. I think if you don't care, 
it's very easy to tell if someone really cares about what they're talking about or if they're just kind of, you know, speaking with a forked tongue, I like to say. Uh, so what is your take on today's social media landscape? Obviously, companies, you have to be on social media nowadays, 2022, well, going to be 2023 next week. But, um, you know, what's your take on the social media landscape? Well, you know, when I, about 20 years ago, when I first started in marketing, it was, you know, oh, you'll probably, you know, there is radio, TV, print, and maybe billboard, maybe some mm-hmm. outdoor advertising. I love that there's more options, you know, um, don't be scared of it. I've noticed people that are from my era, either they're embracing it or they're scared of it. And Very it's like, polarizing. Right. And yeah. you, you can't be, I mean, you're not going to overnight know what it is, but I'm like, okay, just start a Facebook page. Yeah. Just start a LinkedIn. Like just take, take it one step at a time, digestible parts. Yeah. You know? And that's, it, I it, think it's a great opportunity if managed right. And if you're not going to manage it and go out, get out there and do it, it's going to manage itself and yeah. you're not going to have control. And it's, you don't know how to do things until you start doing them. So that's right. one thing to think, you know, obviously you're not going to be a social media expert the first day you start it. So it kind of just takes that experience of working through it. Uh, so let's pivot a little bit into, uh, you know, the relationships you've built. Uh, you built a variety of relationships with businesses around town. Obviously there's, you always see the photos of you guys either, either giving one of those giant checks to somebody or them giving it to you. And you have these relationships. How do you do that? How do you, how do you build these relationships? Well, you know, luckily I've lived in this community for 20 plus years. So you know, it's a small community. I'm sure you, mm-hmm. this has benefited your business too. You know, people yeah. or they're like, Hey, Easton's, he does videos now, yeah. or they might even know a relative of yours. Like, Hey, so-and-so's nephew. I know he's been making videos. Yep. So that's how it is. A lot of it's just people, you know, or, you know, someone who knows someone, mm-hmm. you can't be shy. A lot of times it's me just calling up and saying, Hey, but people are curious. We all care about our health and healthcare is important. Yeah. So a lot of it's been calling to saying, can I call and give you an update about the new hospital? You mm-hmm. go and just tell the story. And most people care about healthcare or they're like, I want to hear more about this NICU or, okay. or I was in the ER and it was crazy. Can you tell me like yeah. what's the plans for the new, new ER? And there's always an end. And it's probably the biggest construction project in my not sense, I'm guessing the base. Yeah. Right? I mean, not to discount the flood protection, but yeah. that's like ongoing. This mm-hmm. is, that's a big, people are curious. Well, and I remember when they first announced that they were building a new hospital and I was like, wow, that's like, that's going to be a large undertaking. And it's exciting because Minot is a small city, a small city, you could say, but it feel, it's like a big, small city. So mm-hmm. it's big city, but it still has a small town feel. Whereas this hospital is going to help the city start to move out in that direction where. Well, right. Like the current ER, I know I've been in there, you know, with my young kids and I've always been like. Everyone in Minot hurt today. Why yeah. is there? But now that you know the figures, it's not Minot. It's mm-hmm. we're serving how many other counties? It's easy when you're in Minot to be Minot centric. Yeah. But we're the only level two trauma center for 120 miles. Yeah. We're the only NICU for 120 miles. This is another thing that I think is really interesting about our hospital. We're the second busiest birthing um, city in Minot, or really? not Minot, in North Dakota. So. That, that shocked me. We used to be the busiest. We used to be number one. A lot of babies coming out of this yeah, area. Yeah. Yeah. So. I wonder why, what's, do you know what number one is? Oh, I think it's Fargo. Okay. So. No, they got a cheat code anyways. They got like 15 million people there, right? <laughs> uh, so what's the uh, community support like for, in Minot, for organizations like yours, specifically nonprofits? Well, you know, there's a lot of great causes in, in Minot, a lot of great support, um, different nonprofits. And I know it's a lot of niche ones, you know, there's yep. things for the homeless, there's, you know, things for children. So we've had a lot of support. I think 
part of it's our age. I mean, when you've been around for a hundred years or even people that are new to hearing about our foundation, they're like, yep. you want to know a nonprofit's trustworthy. It's like, are you just some startup? Are you, mm-hmm. you've been around for a month and like, you're just trying to pull some money like, from people. Like, is my money funding your trip to the Caribbean? No, yeah. like it's easy to say, no, we've been around for a hundred years and we plan on being here for a hundred more. Yeah. Which is awesome. So you guys are obviously out there in the community. Why do you think it's important to give back to the community? So the community in turn gives back to you. Just like what you said, it's, it's a circle. It's just, it's, you give what you get Mm -hmm. and it's beneficial for us to help promote health and wellness. I mean, yes, we want people to utilize the hospital if they need it, but we really don't want people to be hurt or sick. uh, Prevention's right. Mm -hmm. Very key. So if we're promoting healthy lifestyles and helping people with their health, that's going to be to our benefit too. Which is awesome. What does your support system look like? Why is it important to have one just as you're, you know, as you move through your business career? Well, we've had a lot of support. You know, what I really like is the uh, the hospital does really support the foundation and there's a very good working relationship. But on a personal level, I do have a, you know, my husband's very supportive. He's passionate about what I do. You need people, you need to surround yourself with people that they care about what you care about or care that you care about it. Yeah. So even with my, my kids, like my son went through phase or he was he is gonna be so embarrassed he said this he loved trains and it was okay. just trains 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 he's not into them anymore but yeah. you know what i learned a lot about trains i did a lot of things i never thought i would for trains you need to support the people that are in your life and they all support you so trains i was just thinking about <laughs> when i was a kid i used to have uh hot wheels and i would line them up in a line and then my mom would always come by and like push one tire out of the way. So it was like crooked and I'd just freak out on her, <laughs> just freak out that on her. Fly at our house. Yeah. We have, we have a lot of hot wheels too. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, God, it, <laughs> it just brought flashbacks back to me. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to call my mom after this and tell her, Hey, remember when you used to move my, uh, remember you used to move my hot wheels. Uh, so how do you look at marketing? You obviously have to create an image for Trinity health foundation. What do you want people to think of when they hear that name? I want them to think of us as the, the premier foundation of Minot. And what's great about our, our foundation is we're for everyone. I mean, nothing mm-hmm. against the, the niche nonprofits. That's great. It's, it's a good focus, but um, the thing about giving to the foundation, it's going to benefit anyone that needs healthcare. And at one time or another, someone's going to need healthcare, maybe to different degrees, whether it's cancer or maybe yeah. they just need a stitch in the. And even if it's ER. not you, it's going to be a family member. Right. Right. So what would be, what would you say the most important lesson you've learned over your career is so far? If you had to, you know, oh, someone boy. was, someone <laughs> was just getting into that. Maybe they just graduated. They just got a job or they're going off on this new startup. What would you tell them? You know, what would be something you've learned that you wish you knew sooner? Oh gosh. I was thinking about this. Um, well, um, <clears throat> I've always had a good work ethic. I was going to say do the work, but that's mm-hmm. one thing I've noticed is a lot of people expect things just to come. Yeah. Or when they hear about um, when I worked for the zoo, I was helping out another nonprofit. I was on their board yeah. and they're like, how do you get so many people to your events? Like we were doing really well. We, yeah. um, we even had a segment on a local news station called jungle Joe. And okay. we used to have a weatherman named Joe and he called and he said, we asked him to do the weather from the zoo once a week. And he's like, can I be called jungle Joe? And it turned to, it was like, of course you can. That'd it be awesome. Great for that station. It was great for the zoo. It just mm-hmm. really took off. It was, people loved it. Yeah. But they're like, how do you, they, this other nonprofit thought it was luck. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, how do you get people to do this? What, how, like why people should just be supporting Why do people me? just come to your events? It's like, well, we promote them. We, yeah. we get out there. We tell our story. We, we were doing the work. 
And, yeah. you know, I sat on their board, I had suggest things to do. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, that sounds like a lot of work. So, Everything's everything that is supposed <laughs> to be successful or worth it is going to be a lot of work. Well, and when I first started um, in healthcare, I was sent to a American healthcare philanthropy conference in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. And, uh, you know, I was taking notes and listening. And one thing they said, they're like, it will be at least seven conversations before you get a donation from someone. You just don't really? come in. Hi, Mr. Corporation. We're awesome. Yeah. Thank you for the million. We need a million dollars. Okay, cool. Thanks. Here's and a then, check. Yeah. It's, I wish it was like that. Yeah. That would not. be a perfect world, right? Yeah. And if it, and with my experience, if it does happen like that, don't take the check. Something's up. Yeah. Something's, <laughs> something is going, you know, you oh, guys might want to just talk a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, no, that's take good. It slow. Well, it's just like marketing. I think they say seven points of contact before someone ever thinks at least about seven. Buying. And I remember thinking that because with my other job in, in media, I, I was having a good return, but I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like having to meet with people seven, 10 times or yeah. back and forth. And like, I, a lot. I thought I was used to my younger days where I thought it should be three. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. making it happen, but I don't know if I'm efficient. But when I heard that at this American healthcare philanthropy thing, I felt so much better. Yeah. And one thing I've tracked like with reports, cause you know, you keep track of who you've talked to. Okay. Have I followed up? They said they want me yeah. to talk to them in March. I I've started putting attempts. Like how many times have we, talked or reach out okay and you know that's also for their benefit because you know if it's someone they're like oh she's calling again or mm. i keep calling like yeah we'll see it just lets you know you know is this a good efficient use of my time in theirs or yeah. not in a lot of times i've found this when people reach out to me uh you know i had a guy reach out to me the other day saying hey we're we make podcast clips so for a podcast like this they'll clip it for instagram and tiktok and that kind of stuff in the first two emails i didn't even I might've looked at him and then I didn't answer him. Maybe he caught me at a bad time. And then the third one, he emailed me and I'm like, oh, he said, bumping this to your inbox. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. And then said, send me your stuff, whatever it is. So it's not, if you hear no, the first time I've learned that it's not always because they don't want to work it's with you. It's usually you not right now. You might've catch them at <laughs> yeah. a wrong time. Yeah. So uh, only a couple more here for you. What would be your, actually, before we go into that one, we'll save that one for last. Did you have any mentors or people that helped you through the business journey, helped you learn quicker, or was it kind of just the people that you were working with? Um, I would say in my younger days, and this might have just been youth and not being open to more mentoring. I, I was given some good advice <laughs> later on. I'm like, oh, I should have done that. Okay. <laughs> and sometimes I was wise enough to take it. Yeah. I did have a lot of support. Um a lot of people believed in me. Yeah. So, and that was appreciative, but, um, I noticed as I got further in my career, when I switched things, when I was calling to get references for, you know, when I wanted to work at training health or talk about going back in a nonprofit, yep. I had a lot of people saying, Oh yeah, I never understood why you got out of that. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> so, yeah. so yes, I've had some really great men- mentors, but the best thing I advise is listen to them. And if people recognize a passion that maybe you're not recognizing, listen, awesome. So, Last question I got for you, and then I'll kind of open up the floor if you want to add anything else. But what would be your Mount Rushmore of advice? Top four pieces of advice for someone that's just getting into the, uh, you know, whatever industry might be, or they're just starting a business. I need four pieces of advice from you. Okay, four. Uh, well, one for marketing. What I regret is I never took a photography class, and that has been more of an element. Even if you have a professional photographer on staff, yep. At least even if you're not going to be a professional photographer, still take the class so you can appreciate what they do. You just, just kind of know. You need. Yeah. 101. You need mm-hmm. basic knowledge. That was, that was a hard lesson learned really fast. Okay. Um, do what you're passionate about. I know that's hard mm-hmm. and maybe you have to try a few things and you take elements from each of those things, but really 
care about what you do, be passionate. It's going to be better for the job and it's going to be better for you. And you're going to get better results all around Okay. personal satisfaction and doing well. Yep. And yeah, that's my biggest advice. Um, three, don't stop learning. Things are going to change and don't just throw your arms up in the air and like, well, I don't understand social media. I love so, that one. So we're not going to do it. Yeah. It's like, well, cause I've seen that in my time. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 no. If something new is coming up, you, you learn, Yeah. you learn. And for just, again, it goes back. You've got to be open, just yeah. open to growth and no, you don't know everything. You may have more experience and know more, but there's always something new to learn. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room or something like that. I think that's a quote. You never want to be the smartest person in the room. And I really like your third one about, you know, if something comes up because there's, especially in 2022, 2023 now, there's so many things that come up. Like there's a new platform every day. It's like, okay, here's TikTok. Figure out how to do TikTok TikTok now. Or okay, now here's this new thing you got to learn over here. And if you were to just throw your hands up, like you said on everything, it'd be a nightmare. And not all of it's for you. Maybe sometimes learn about it just to rule it out. Like, yeah. Oh no, this really wouldn't work for, mm-hmm. for what we do. Yeah. Or, not, or you might find something that works really awesome. Yeah. You know? And it's a blessing in disguise, which is, yes. which is good, but at least, you know, be open enough to learn about those things. Uh, that's all the questions I got for you. Is there anything else you want to add? No, just thanks for having us. And, um, if you want to learn more about the Trinity health foundation, just, um, check out our Facebook and Instagram. We're pretty, pretty active and it's Trinity, health ND foundation because gotcha. trendy health do follow them too for great updates. Mm-hmm. But, um, because we're so active with our events and fun things we do, they let us have our own. We're the only department at Trinity that they've let have their own social. That's awesome. So yeah, I'll link all those things in the description below. If you guys want to mm-hmm. check it out, what is the, do you know the number off the top of your head, the text to give one? Um, no, but I can send okay. it to you. I'm send it to me. And yeah, and I'll put that on screen here at the end of the episode and people, if they're, if they're looking to do that, excited about the, uh, new hospital should be a good time. Uh, Jamie, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks. That was episode 30 of the my not business podcast. We will see you guys. I suppose this is the end of the year. This is the last episode of the year. So we will see you guys in 2023.